Thank you for listening today. Dr. Lori Hess is a leading exotic animal veterinarian with a busy veterinary practice in Bedford Hills, New York. If you need more information on any Zupreme product or have questions for Dr. Lori, go to our website at www.zupreme.com where you can contact us. Make sure to follow us on Facebook for more information on upcoming podcasts, education, and Facebook fun. Welcome to the Zoo Nation podcast channel brought to you by Zupreme. Zupreme makes healthy food for pet birds, rabbits, guinea pigs, and ferrets. If you're listening today, your home has probably experienced the love and happiness of owning a non-traditional or exotic pet. We know it's a zoo in your home sometimes. Here's Dr. Lori now to help you learn more about the care of that special pet in your home. I'm Dr. Lori Hess, Director of Pet Health and Nutrition at Zupreme, and you're listening to podcast number 10. Today, we're going to talk about birds being destructive and what we think we might have done wrong for them to be acting this way. We're going to talk a little bit about how to help your bird when he's in a destructive state and how we can correct this behavior and where it might come from. Now, I hear this all the time. I recently got an email from Susan G., who lives in New Haven, Connecticut, and she asks, what can I do? My cockatoo, an umbrella cockatoo, destroys everything in sight. Whenever he's out of his cage, I just have to watch him 24-7. He chewed on the remote control. Um, he chews on the keyboard of my computer. I, I can't take it and I don't know what to do. What have I done wrong and what can I make? how can I make this better? Well, again, there's no cause for concern here. This is a very normal behavior, and this is a complaint I hear all the time from bird owners. Um, I've heard it for years, and whether you have a big cockatoo or a little cockatiel, birds can be very, very destructive. Obviously, the bigger birds are more destructive because they have bigger beaks. But birds uh, and parrots in general have an innate need to chew. Now, there are some species that chew more than others. Cockatoos are probably at the top of that list, as I hear that all the time. But some other birds, uh, African gray parrots, um, some of the macaws, Amazon parrots, they all need to chew. Um, It's interesting, even in my own home, I have a whole variety of different birds in my house. Uh, My oldest bird is my pet Pionis Dale. You've probably heard me talk about him before. And he's interesting because he's a Pionis who does like to chew on his food, but he's not a really destructive type of bird. Um, He has certain toys in his cage that I, I call to, uh, his cage furniture. Uh, they hang out there and um, he, he doesn't really chew on them. He doesn't destroy them. He doesn't like it when I mess with them or if I move them around, but he doesn't really chew them up. On the other hand, I have a Goffin's cockatoo named Quinn, who is incredibly destructive. I mean, he chews everything in sight. In fact, we actually had to put padlocks on his cage because he's so good at unscrewing his cage that he took it all apart. The walls came down. I came home to find him uh, sitting in the banister of the hallway outside the room he was in uh, with my four cats looking up at him like, hmm, wonder how he got out. He had destroyed an entire bookshelf. He chewed it like it was a stick. (laughs) 
uh, in a matter of hours. So again, those are two different kinds of birds. And, and whether, you know, you have a species in your house, a type of bird in your house that really likes to chew or not, um, it's something that is part of normal bird behavior. In the wild, birds chew. Uh, they chew on sticks. They're foraging for nest sites and gathering all kinds of items and breaking them up, leaves, um, you know, gathering those things and food. They're carrying things around in their mouth. So their mouth is a very busy place. They use their beaks almost as like a third appendage in addition um, to their feet. Uh, some birds more than others, but they climb with their beaks. So the beak is a really active uh, organ for them. So this is really, really normal. And, and if you have one of these birds that just chews everything in sight, you haven't done anything wrong. This is very, very normal behavior for a bird. Um, the key is that if you're going to have one of these birds in your house, if you're going to have a pet parrot who does have that innate desire and need to chew, you would provide them with the appropriate things to chew so that they don't destroy things in your home. Um, so a couple of rules. Yes, your bird needs to come out uh, of his cage every day. And it's really important that you provide him with that time outside the cage so that he can get outside and interact with you, bond with you, exercise. Just remember, though, that if you're going to take your bird out, you have to supervise him if he chews a lot, and you have to kind of bird-proof your room. So that means, you know, don't bring him out into a room with your beautiful mahogany dresser and let him fly over to it and chew on the handles uh, of the dresser if that's something you really value. Making sure you provide your bird with safe items to chew on. There are a lot of wooden bird toys that are, are perfectly safe. They, you know, don't have paint on them, things like uh, lead paint. I, I live in an old house and um, I have to be careful not to let my bird fly out onto the windowsill and chew the windowsill because I know that underneath all that paint that I've painted over that lead paint, there are certainly layers that potentially could have lead in them and that are toxic. Tiffany uh, lamps have soldering in them that contain uh, all kinds of heavy metals, lead, sometimes zinc. So you have to be really careful about what your bird potentially has access to if he's coming out of his cage. So providing him with food to chew on that keeps him busy, crunchy objects like raw vegetables. Um, I've talked on, on previous podcasts about things like raw sweet potatoes, carrots, um, things that are really crunchy and that satisfy that need to chew. Uh, that's a really great thing. So providing them with nutritious things they can chew on. Um, wood items, you can go to the craft store uh, and there are all kinds of things. There are cork items, wood things, um, paper, heavy cardboard, uh, some people actually give their birds the phone book. I mean, we're not using the phone book that much these days now that we have the internet. So providing them with a phone book that they can just rip apart and chew up, that's hours and hours of fun. Um, birds, you know, need to do this behavior. It's something that satisfies some inner need that they have, uh, probably related to the fact that this is what they do in the wild. And, you know, the chewing can be met uh, with safe objects. Now, there are other things like screaming, um, which I guess is considered sort of a destructive behavior too that parrots will do and you have to think you know do you live in an environment that can uh, where you can tolerate some screaming because birds do scream normally and particularly at dawn and dusk in the wild they communicate with each other when they're looking for food and that's typically when they'll feed um, in the morning and the evening 
They'll communicate when there's danger. They'll communicate when they're acting reproductive. They'll communicate when they're looking for nest sites. So uh, screaming is a normal part of bird activity. And if you're going to have a large parrot, you have to be able to tolerate that. Um, there are some smaller types of birds as well, like conures, who are notoriously very loud. So if you live in a small home um, with close by neighbors uh, and thin walls, then you may have to think twice about whether having a very loud and potentially uh, somewhat annoying socially active bird like that can can be for you is that okay um, if you do have one of those birds already you know there are things that you can do which is don't inadvertently reinforce the screaming behavior or or the destructive behavior so if your bird is screaming it's it's natural for us to want to go over to the cage and say stop that don't do that shut up or whatever you might say to your bird and really what that's doing is you're inadvertently not knowingly uh, positively reinforcing that behavior because your bird sees it that he or she does this behavior this screaming and then it draws you right over to them and you look at them square on and you talk to them so you're giving them attention and although that's not what you're meaning to do that's how your bird sees it so if your bird is screaming and particularly if you're handling the bird and he starts to scream put him down and walk away it's like a timeout for a child um, just let them know that they are not going to get rewarded with attention if they're doing that inappropriate behavior. So put them down, walk away. If they're in their cage and they're screaming, ignore them to the best that you can. Um, give them things to do. Now, if you know that your bird is going to scream most when you walk out of the room, um, I have a lot of uh, bird owners tell me that they come in and their bird's really excited after they've come home from work and they walk into the room and they say hello to their birds and their birds get excited and then they have to walk out of the room, for example, to go cook dinner or something like that. And that's when the birds go crazy. So if you can anticipate when your bird is going to scream, um, then you, what you can do is you can actually save some of their favorite toys or their food and give them that food or those toys and things to busy their mouths with at a time when you know the screaming is going to come and happen. Um, obviously, you can't scream and eat at the same time or scream and chew up your favorite toy at the same time. So changing their environment, um, the, the activity that happens before the bad behavior comes, the screaming, um, is really something you can control and you can anticipate and you can preempt that bad behavior in this case the screaming from happening by changing the antecedent as we call it the surroundings before the bad B the behavior occurs um, so that uh, C as a result the consequence is that maybe the bird will not scream at the time that you expect they'll be screaming because now they're busy doing something else so um, you know those are uh, two types of behaviors that I hear a lot about uh, with birds, the destructive behavior, the chewing and the screaming. Another one we hear a lot about in pet parrots is, is feather destructive behavior or, or feather picking. Um, there are a lot of reasons for feather picking. Some of them are actually truly medical reasons. So if your bird is feather picking, um, you certainly want to make sure that he or she has a, a really thorough checkup by an avian veterinarian, a veterinarian familiar with bird behavior. Um, and bird medicine to make sure that the bird is 
not uncomfortable, in pain, um, super stressed out from something medically based going on. And that typically means that not only will the bird require a good thorough physical examination, but also some blood tests, perhaps a, a stool sample check, just to really thorough look, thoroughly look at the bird and make sure there's nothing medically going on. Um, I do believe that birds should have annual checkups as they get older into their teenage years. Some of the bigger birds in particular, as they go on and live decades, they should be having checkups twice a year. But anytime you notice abnormal behavior in, in your bird, particularly feather picking, feather destructive behavior, chewing on their feathers, even if they're not pulling them out, if they're what we call barbering their feathers, chewing on the feather shafts themselves, that's a time that you want to have your bird checked to make sure nothing's going on. If your bird truly has nothing medical going on, you should really be thinking with your uh, veterinarian about what's maybe set off this behavior. Sometimes it's a sexually based behavior. Um, birds go through puberty, they reach sexual maturity just as uh, you know human children do, and the age at which this occurs varies for different birds. Um, typically for some of the bigger birds, you know, the African greys, the cockatoos, it's usually around, uh, those are some of the more destructive and louder birds, it's usually around a five to six seven years of age, but it does vary by species. And um, that's a time that you can see bird behavior change. Um, birds will start to feather pick if they're bonded to a human family member as a flock mate, but they're not actually uh, mating, truly obviously having sexual activity um, with that flock mate. And that can lead to a lot of sexual frustration. Birds will pick at their feathers, their skin. Sometimes they really damage their skin. They can even make themselves bleed or cause wounds and and that is a very serious problem certainly if you see that you want to get to your veterinarian right away um, so there can be sexually based reasons for picking um, stress reasons other reasons like a uh, schedule change in the owner's schedule um, a new work schedule a move a new home even moving the cage into a different area of the house um, I tell the story about how I had an African gray uh, patient of mine brought in by an owner who said that the bird just suddenly picked out all of his feathers and we actually traced the bird uh, doing that back to the fact that the owner painted the room a different color the room where the bird's cage was sitting uh, another bird's cage was moved literally from wall one wall to the next in the in the room same room but the bird actually picked out all his feathers because of that too so birds are really really creatures of habit um, they don't really adapt readily to change often. Um, and sometimes it can be such a subtle thing that you really just have to step back and, and think so thoroughly through what is different about my bird's environment. Uh, maybe you had a baby. Maybe you had a, an elderly parent come to live with you. Um, you know, maybe you have a new neighbor that has a barking dog. Uh, maybe a hawk's been hanging out in your backyard and your bird looks out in the yard and it's stressed from the hawk. Um, there are so many different little subtle things that can change in your bird's environment that can set off feather picking, uh, screaming, feather destructive behavior, all of these um, unwanted behaviors, as we say. Some of them are normal. Uh, a little bit of preening obviously is normal, but when it's truly plucking or damaging behavior, when your bird is screaming more than usual, more than the typical dawn or dusk or when he's excited to see you, if he's screaming all the time, um, those are things you want to have checked by your veterinarian. Understand that, again, it's, it's not a fake 
fatal thing. You may have to work hard with a very knowledgeable veterinarian to get to the, the root of the problem. Um, you should be doing medical testing, as we mentioned. But if it's truly behavioral, and, and the diagnosis of a behavioral problem is one that we use sort of by default if we've ruled out all the other potential medical problems. And that does involve often not just blood work and a stool sample check, sometimes even x-rays or a CAT scan or an ultrasound uh, exam of the bird's abdomen. Those are things that I do all the time in practice to try to figure out what's going on in this bird's world, what's going on you know, that I can't ask him that's causing him to be destructive or to be more vocal or to be more aggressive in his behavior. Um, these are things you can work through with your veterinarian. Simple things you can do if you're trying to prevent your bird from just destroying everything in your home, uh, like our bird owner mentioned before in her email, you should provide your bird not only things to do in his cage or her cage um, that make the cage a fun place, things like favorite foods or favorite toys, rotate the toys, give the toys one at a time so that that bird can focus on you know that one toy you don't want to bombard them with a million toys all at once because then it's overwhelming and then there's really, it's hard to focus. So give your birds different things to chew on. As I mentioned before, paper, cardboard, um, wood items, safe wood items that are not painted, you know, commercially available things. Um, safe twigs, you can buy applewood sticks in most um, pet stores. Uh, things like that that you can provide your bird and see what he or she chooses. What shape items, what color items, what textures does that bird choose and then provide them with the things that they like best. So give them sort of a smorgasbord of toys just as you might with food and let them pick out what they like best and let that be your guide to what you can offer them to keep them busy so that they don't pick at their feathers or scream or chew up your remote control for example. Other things you can do, if you're gone for long periods of time in your house, uh, you can leave the TV on for them. Obviously, if you're sitting at home, it's boring to sit in a room all by yourself and stare at the walls. Even if you look out the window, or even if you listen to the radio, that's nice. But wouldn't you rather have that uh, visual stimulation as well as that auditory stimulation? Isn't it more fun to ultimately watch TV or watch a movie as opposed to just sitting and listening to music? Certainly music can be a great part of your bird's daily activity, but I do think that if you're going to leave your house for a long period of time, um, having that TV on, even if you just get a, a small inexpensive TV, leaving on a channel um, that has a lot of color, a lot of uh, excitement, a lot of changing things. I like the cartoon channels because they're often bright. Um, there's a lot of high-pitched voices on those channels and birds seem to respond to color and high-pitched uh, sounds. Some people ask whether they should leave the nature channel on for their birds. And you know, honestly, while that sounds nice, there are a lot of scary animals, even hawks or predatory animals that maybe are not the, the safest and happiest thing for your bird to watch. So unless it's a really natural setting that's calm um, without a lot of predatory animals, I don't generally recommend leaving that on for your bird. Um, you know, there are certain musical toys. Um, there are certainly foraging toys. We've talked a lot about foraging in past episodes, and foraging is the nature of 
hunting and gathering, um, to build nest sites, to gather food. Those are activities in the wild that uh, wild birds participate in all day that pet birds really don't have the opportunity to participate in because we're providing them with food so they don't have to forage for it. Um, we, you know, they typically don't have to nest or they often don't have mates in captivity that they're mating with so they're not building nests. So doing things like taking their food and hiding it in different corners of their cage or um, crumpling up some paper or getting a little cardboard box and hiding food in there and providing them with mental stimulation, foraging. Um, if your bird does come out of his cage and it's safe for him to walk around on the floor, hiding the food on, in little uh, cracks and crevices around the room in safe places where he or she can go find that food. That provides mental stimulation, is a form of foraging as well, and um, can fight boredom. You know, a lot of birds are screaming or being destructive just because they're bored. Uh, it reminds me that one of the saddest cases I ever saw was a 40-something-year-old Amazon that lived in a two-by-two-foot cage, um, really too small for an Amazon parrot, and sat on a wooden dowel perch. And that bird hardly ever came out of his cage. And he sat in that cage, you know, day after day, year after year. And when he came in to see me, he had chewed a big crater in the middle of his chest. He was, you know, he actually self-inflicted a wound because he was so bored. Remember that these birds are incredibly, incredibly smart. Some of the larger parrots and even some of the younger parrots can, smaller parrots can be taught to, to speak and, and have a wonderful vocabulary. Um, you know, they, we liken some of these birds to having the, uh, the brain power really of a toddler, a three-year-old or a four-year-old. So making sure that they have enough uh, intellectual stimulation, enough things to do to keep them busy so that they don't get bored and destructive. It's great for you because obviously they can learn to entertain themselves. They're happier. They're more well-balanced. Um, they're much more likely to interact with you in a positive way if they're happy and they're stimulated than if they're frustrated and bored and destructive and they might be biting at you or destroying things that you don't want in your environment. So the psychology of birds is very, very complicated. Um, again, this is, you know, biting, uh, self-destructive behavior, uh, feather picking, screaming. These are all behaviors we deal with on a daily basis that unfortunately many people don't anticipate in their birds. Birds age and their behavior changes as they become sexually mature, as they become older and less able to move around. Unfortunately, when we see these changes, you know, we don't expect them often uh, in our birds. And that's when many birds end up in shelters because owners are not capable of dealing with these changes and, and don't know what to do. But just, you know, have hope if you do have one of these birds with a, with a destructive behavior problem, um, seek out the advice of a knowledgeable veterinarian. There are people out there who can help you. Make sure it's not a medical problem and you can get to the root of the problem, but you have to be patient. Any kind of behavior problem, um, whether it's a simple one at home that you can solve on your own um, or whether you need the advice of a veterinarian or whether you need multiple trips to the veterinarian um, with a plan for long-term behavior change. Remember, birds uh, are complicated. They're they're not machines. Sometimes they don't feel well. Sometimes they're upset emotionally, just the same way people are. And it can take a long time to change behavior. You know, we deal with things like, uh, you know, we try to stop biting our nails or we try to uh, stop smoking. These are all, or we try to stop overeating. I mean, these are all behavior issues we deal with that are potentially destructive to us. Birds have their own set of destructive behaviors that just like ours take time to solve. You want to be 
be patient. There's no quick fix. There's no magic pill. Um, but there are knowledgeable people who can help you work through this. And I encourage you to seek out the knowledge of a trained uh, bird behavior person, whether it's a, a bird trainer, a veterinarian, a knowledgeable breeder. These are people that really have dealt with these problems and can help you. So don't despair. Um, remember that you're not alone. And all of this is really, really normal. Make sure that you do provide your bird with some time out of his cage. Um, it's an important part of getting good exercise, change in environment. No one wants to be locked all the time. Um, and at the same time, make, make time in the cage fun. Make time in the cage something that your bird looks forward to um, with treats, maybe uh, you know a bowl to splash in to take a bath, um, a TV near his cage, music, something that makes passing the time in the cage fun too. So these are all some things that I hope will help you if you're dealing with a problem in your bird. Um, just remember that, you know, you're not alone. And throughout these episodes, you can follow our Zupreme Facebook page where we'll have posts before every show where you can actually ask questions about your specific uh, issues in your birds. And I'm happy to answer them on the show. Um, you'll also see some sneak peeks to episodes you might have missed there as well. And if you do have questions that you want to ask us directly, you can contact us at 1-800-345-4767 or at customercare at zupreme.com. This is Dr. Lori Hess. Thank you so much to listening to Zoo Nation. Thank you for listening today. Dr. Lori Hess is a leading exotic animal veterinarian with a busy veterinary practice in Bedford Hills, New York. If you need more information on any Zupreme product or have questions for Dr. Lori, go to our website at www.zupreme.com where you can contact us.